Welcome Pathfinders to the Find the Path podcast actual play of the Mummy's Mask Adventure Path, episode 104. Woohoo! <laughs> the episode where maybe we find Kabek again, question mark? The, quest, the, the episode where maybe we figure out if a larva for a bee person is a bug or, or a baby. baby. Oh yeah, that we did have Or a baby thing. whose back half is just a bug. That's horrifying. Oh yeah, <laughs> don't mermaid him. That's even worse. Well, mermaids are fine. There's something about the larval state of a bug being attached to an infant that's horrifying. It just makes me think of that Ray Bradbury horror story. Sitting at this table, only Rachel will get this, but it makes me think of the orphanage section from Bloodborne. Oh, anything yeah. that reminds you of Bloodborne is bad. Yeah. <laughs> As a rule. <laughs> I'm just going to go on a limb here. Uh, creepy babies. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Creepy Ooh, babies. Silent Hill. Creepy babies. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So if it was a, a larva baby that also had a steak knife. <laughs> 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 At that point, it's just one step away from basically being Chucky. It's interesting. Baby Chucky. Yep. Well, that's her name. <laughs> baby Chucky. This, 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 this larval queen. It's pronounced Bubby Chucky. <laughs> you have to say it with a French accent. <laughs> baby Chucky. It, yes. would also, it would also have to be Chucky's. Because uh, all of their cheese. names had Z's in there uh, yes. because they had to go Z every time that they said their names. Chucky's cheese. I did appreciate that all of their names had Z's. <laughs> yeah, true. Nice. One of those times I'm always appreciative of the amount of detail that goes into the adventure paths. Yeah, Richard Pet does not uh, skimp out. So, when last we left our heroes, they continued to make their way through the Badlands and the western expanse of the Parch Dunes. They had decided to uh, not go and try to mess with a, a rock living in a boat on top of a spire. It's devastating. And uh, uh, that is, Yeah, that was sad. They then found his or hers, you don't know if it was the male or female's mate. Devastating. It was very slain, sad. Seemingly sad. By Stupid the, uh, cult. By my little cult. druid heart hurts. This whole episode yeah. was hard on my little baby druid heart. Yes. Yep. Then you went and talked to some bee people. It was sad. They tried to enrage slash charm us. And there was a quadruple nat 20. There yes. was. That was the nuts. Best like one in a million. We're going to roll nothing but ones this ever. time. <laughs> Probably. I'm waiting for the quadruple one. And then we all die. I'm pretty oh, no. sure that's already happened. No, nah, not all at once. No, not all at once. The party had continued on from there, however, and had met with the bee people. The uh, theorist. I can never pronounce this. That's why Theria. we call them bee three, people. Three ray. Yeah, three, three ray. Three ray, yeah. Three. That sounds about, or three ray? Three ray? Three ray. Three ray. I put two different pronunciations. I put three ray and theria. If anybody who's How's listening to this can actually tell us how know. these are pronounced. It's T-H-R-I-A-E. Three ray? Three a. Three a. Three a. Three a. Anyway, one of the three rays had danced and shook a little bee butt at you, and then none of you felt the will save and went berserk and decided to murder one another. And instead, we're very disturbed. We're like, why? Why and is that your opening move? <laughs> we took the high road, though. Didn't kill him. Well, we're nice. Also, we were sad because, like, everything is bad and this cult needs to just go away. Well, and luckily there were enough, like, evidence outside that they had just been wrecked so that we weren't, oh, no, they're coming out hostile. Well, Masika knows them. But yeah, and they came out hostile because they were recently attacked by humans. Yeah, so, but we were like, oh, there's smoke coming out of their place. That's hey, not normal. there's only one human here. <laughs> you people also crawl, as they stated, like dung beetles across the desert. Although, actually, I didn't, I didn't even show you guys this at the time. You did get a, a, little, oh, a little face I card. Love face card. I love her. I will say that maybe this is just me and perhaps... Oh, she's like completely human-faced. Yeah, yeah, they're, yeah, they're like mermaids or centaurs. Oh, really? Like, well, yeah. no, because they no. still have humanoid legs, too. No, they don't. I thought they had legs. No, they bee have legs. bee legs. I thought you said they no, had they bee have, legs. No, they have humanoid legs down to the knee, and then they have... Here, I'll show uh, you that. Wait, so from the knee down? Worse. 
Oh, she got a gross toe. <laughs> like she has a freaking awful. I take it back. They're horrifying. <laughs> but maybe it's just me, but I do appreciate the amount of, of eyeshadow game that everyone yeah. in Osiris oh, yeah. appears to have. Oh, no. Yeah, you got to have that eyeshadow. They are fierce. They are fierce around here. But yeah, you had met with Zazira, the seer for the people here. She basically said, hey, how's it going? Uh, a <laughs> bunch of cultists showed up. They uh, they killed our queen. They, they took, our, took our, our They took our baby bug. <laughs> They killed a bunch of... They killed their soldiers, basically. Um, So now they only have the worker bees. And they're all going (laughs) to die if they don't get the baby bug back. Yeah, they need their people back. Otherwise, they're all going to die. So we got to get that baby. Uh, Then she gave you some psychedelic honey. Sweet. Which we... Hollis is in. Yeah, which we uh, said we'll save for later. And a very fancy bow. Oh, we were going to use divination to find the uh, cult. I think that was the plan. Yeah. I think so. Masiko is going to cast a spell in the morning. Yeah, with the psychedelic honey. We're going to try, try again. Well, we're not looking for something crazy like a dragon horde or whatever. We're looking for people. Did we get a name for the the queen? Like, do they name their larvae? No, not until it's born. Well, I mean, technically it's born. I guess not until it molts and transforms. <laughs> is so it, is a it a baby or a bug? It's what a is half it? baby, half well, bug. Can we ask by, one of them what it looks like? By definition, it is it, it. They describe it as being a larva. It is in its larval form. Ergo, it must go through the transformation into one of them. Can we ask them how that works? <laughs> do you know how that works? I'd have to look it up. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I like that. Rick was like, "Oh yeah, no, there's definitely some book somewhere where let's <laughs> they talked about three ray reproduction." <laughs> after party, we'll ask. We'll talk about that in the after party. We'll talk about that when you may or may not save this uh, baby. If we can find the royal larva, that would take us where we need to go. Or we could find Tedesura because apparently she's in the same area. Well, right now we're trying to save the baby, right? But I thought we thought we were they were in the same place. No, well... Because Tedesura was probably also well, doing... Like they Tedesura told us was injured, and then she flew off to cut the head off the snake. Right, which would be, in my head, Kabek. Probably. Probably. Because he's the leader but, of what, But one thing at a time, let's, uh, you know, save the babe with the power. I think the babe with the power would be with the leader of the snake, the head of the snake. <laughs> so then, as we begin, all of you... Awaken in the hexagonal honeycombed chambers of the uh, the three eight people. Gotta uh, play with Narmer for an hour. I'm gonna yep. read my book for 15 minutes, and then I'm gonna run around, wander around, and poke around and ask a bunch of weird questions. I mean, most of the workers are working. Well, the I mean, few remaining soldiers would talk to you, but the workers just kind of go about their business. Cool, doing their worker thing. Just idly chatting with people. Fixing up stuff. the hive. So, yeah, they're mostly help. yeah, they're mostly regurgitating on the walls. To, That's yeah. gross. I take notes about it. <laughs> I, I was going to say, Hollis is like, I wonder if I could make a spell to do that. I could fix it with magic. They didn't want my offer. Also offer all of you some honey for breakfast. Sweet. I eat the honey. Yeah, definitely. It doesn't come with anything. It's just honey. That's... You have your own hardtack. You could put the honey on the hardtack. Yeah, I was like, I was like, so we're, we're basically just spiffing up our trail rations. Yum. Yep. Thanks, You've been fun. eating nothing but hardtack and dry dates for weeks. And oh, one yeah. egg every now and then. And one egg every once in a while. Well, we have to, we have to trade off what day everybody gets their egg, the egg. <laughs> I make hard-boiled eggs and I cube them and everybody gets a little piece. <laughs> I mean, you could also do that. <laughs> that require. well, I guess we have access to water, so. Yep. Yeah. Technically, you have access to an unlimited amount of water. Indeed. Yep. You're welcome. Teamwork makes the dream work. So, you wake up, you do your morning preparations, you get ready to uh, set out once again. I think, uh, how, how many days have you been in the Badlands now? This is the eighth day. So it's been a little over a week. So, you, I suppose then, once you've eaten your breakfast of honey, mm-hmm. uh, Masika begins the preparation for her uh, 
her spell. She pulls out a jar, grabs a spoon, and just starts chomping away. Uh, you do have to eat a cup of honey. Okay. <laughs> wow, a cup? <laughs> it is a cup of honey. <laughs> You're like drinking honey. I don't know if I could actually do that. Like, that would be just so sweet. It'd take a long time. You could do it if it was on bread. Yeah, no, I'm just talking like if you just spooned it into your mouth. Like, you I don't know, know, if, if, if you mixed it with water, like a half and half kind of mixture, and then got it, you know, in the more... I was going to say, I'd, like, I'd want to be like making a pot of tea and putting all that honey in there. Your cast level of uh, ninth, correct? Yes. Okay. I suppose I will ask uh, where we will... Or how to what do what do we want? How to find the? I think you have to ask about larva. something that's going to happen. So like, where will we find? I Wait, is divination the one that gives you yes, no, maybe, or does no. it actually give you one no. word answers? We get cryptic answers. Divination's probably. the ones that gives you the okay. riddle. This time we'll riddle, get it yes. from whoever Masika follows. Ta. Oh, our boy Toth over here. He'll give us an academic straight answer, right? Ha 43.2 miles northeast. Why isn't anybody following like Torag? You know that guy would be like, here's the coordinates. Leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. I don't know. Torag's more one of those uh, I help those who help themselves kind of god. <laughs> now, Abadar, on the other hand, would be like, as long as you're bringing civilization to there, go yeah, conquer these people. Yeah, I can ask a question concerning a specific goal, event, or activity. It's supposed to take place within one week. Yeah. So, so where will we find this baby? Yeah, where royal larva? What, what is the, the best way to find the royal larva? I suppose of the three A. We go find some random royal larva <laughs> of like, like a little tiny bee, bee colony. <laughs> <laughs> So what is the specific question? What is the best way for us to find the royal larva of the 3A? I'm hoping you for... You want the best way instead of like where? where? Because best way would be on foot. Well, I mean, I guess we could say where. Yes, where. Yeah, I'd say where because that should give us like some landmarks or something. I'm going to extrapolate from the ruling of the spell. Oh, God. Uh-oh. You do not gain any information. You know that the divination succeeded. Ergo, you could probably extrapolate that it would be impossible for you to find this child within seven days. Oh, really? Meaning that more likely than not, this child is more than a week's distance from you. Crud, so they probably took it back to their, um, like, hideout, wherever the heck that is. We did theorize that um, Kabek might have access to teleportation magics. Yeah. Which means he could have teleported more than... Wait, I have access to teleportation magics, therefore it might be possible? I don't know where we'd be going. No, no, no. It'd be a random chance. That's the problem. You have to know where you're going. You have to have seen it before unless you have access to greater teleport, which you don't. Or an extraordinarily accurate description, such as an actual picture of the place that you're traveling to. Yeah, which, again, we don't have, so basically impossible. So the information that I will give Masika from that is for that spell to have failed, assuming your average traveling rate that you have used thus far, it means that it must be more than 80 miles away from where you are right now, potentially more than 150 miles if the spell would believe that you would travel without the caravan. That is not that helpful. Well, we're going to slap that into our journal and uh, try to find something else, I guess. It is a little helpful. Yeah. You it's know helpful that he's in not that in the Badlands. Yeah, he's basically not where we're at. That doesn't help with finding Tadasura or anything. Your princess is in another castle. Well, uh-huh. shiitake mushrooms. Yeah, basically. Um, I guess we'll just leave. Sorry, Mashika. I should no help. It's not you, Narmer. She pats him on the head. Actually, the spell should take into effect my extraordinary speed and powers. We I don't could... all move that fast, Narmer. It's true, but if you said, where could Narmer find it? Maybe. I do have a natural, is it 50 or 60 foot flash speed? 50. 50 foot. I, s- I can quadruple move indefinitely because I have no constitution score and never get tired. 
could and we, fly 24 hours a day. Could we have said, where would anyone find it? It still has to be an event that would take place, yeah. an activity event or goal that would occur within the next week. In essence, the problem is, is that you're asking for a divination that stretches beyond the range of what divination would allow any longer. Yeah, nuts. Well, that was worth a shot. So at least that that saves us from having to like try to like just wander around and find them because they're not here. So where does this put us as far as our direction? Do we want to go ahead and head toward the Falchion Ridge where the statues were appearing? Yeah, uh, I guess so. I mean, that's... Falchion Ridge is near the Salt Lake, and the Salt Lake is where the uh, statues were. Oh, okay. I, mean, I uh, thought we were going to meet up with everyone at the Merchant's Oasis next. It's on the way. So we, we might have... as well check it out yes. if we're going to be passing... Yes, if we're at the north side of the Badlands right now, we basically pass between Balshan Ridge and the Salt Lake in order to get to the Oasis. So are we going to send the caravan on ahead? I think that would be wise, and we'll just meet them there. All right. I mean, if there's nothing we can do at the moment, we'll have to wait till we get a little bit closer, mm. and depending on where Kabek is going. Yes, I mean, I don't see another way to get there. We don't even have any direction on where to go, so we would likely be walking in the wrong direction. Well, I mean, we know he's looking for what we're looking for. Right. Oh! And we know that they had recently gone across that, uh, those bridges, there was we learned some stuff about where they may or may not be digging around out here. I mean, we got the general area but it's just the general area we're talking like a long big area. I don't know, I kind of remember having something that felt more specific than that. I thought we did. Timeline check. The seer had a vision about some, them being to the north, hmm. and that was the only real direction underneath the sightless sphinx. See? In there. the shadow. Mm-hmm. That's a thing. Did we ever figure out what the sightless sphinx was? In my guess would be it's a sphinx statue of some sort. Well, or, the last know, like, time a sphinx was referenced, it was a river. Um, sightless yeah, sphinx sightless. would be a river still. Maybe. Rivers can't see. But the sphinx isn't all the way out here. But that's what I'm wondering is if it's not necessarily a, a literal sphinx. The thing that has to be a statue, though, is because it's the shadow of. So it's got to be some kind of a statue. I mean, there's probably a statue out here. Yeah, like a land formation or something. Any yeah. place like that out here? You know the desert better than I do. I mean, I think I rolled when we got the thing, didn't yeah. we? The only other thing that you guys do know is that the shadow of the sightless sphinx was also referenced from the mad ramblings of the yeah. Uh, yeah, that's the, the head of Debtacufra's grandmother. Do uh, do any of them have scrying? Do any of these bee people have scrying? I nope. doubt it. I doubt it. That's just, probably one of those. They have symbol spells. That's not Would you like to go to sleep, symbol? I know what Kalbeck looks like. I could scry on him unless he has something going on. Probably has something going on because... We haven't tried though. No, we haven't tried. I don't have scry. But I, I think if we poke that bear, then he's going to do it right back at us. And especially since we have information he doesn't have, I'd rather not risk Assuming that. he has the ability to scry, he is a sorcerer, I think. True. Yes, but we he assume. also has the entire cult below him. I That's would be true. surprised if there was not somebody that could do it. Well, yeah. someone was scrying on you before. Exactly. For all we know. That's it's, true. Uh, someone was scrying on his ass himself. before. Yeah. Huh. Well, I mean, yeah. Sarathet could probably do it. Exactly. That's what I'm thinking is that the... You know, Somebody I'm, in the cult is probably scrying on us. Yeah, but Seraphette wouldn't know his ass, I don't think, so that doesn't make sense. So if this helps, I'm related to that. Anyone that wishes to make me a knowledge geography or a knowledge local may do either. I have neither. Um, Perfect 20, baby! Oh, well. wow. okay. <laughs> For a 36. Did you just for 22? Yeah. Baby! <laughs> well, uh, all right. 
I'm geographying and I get a 36. I'm localing and I got a 34. Nice. Wowzers. <laughs> Team 20. Arcane Magic. Yeah. <laughs> Team, oh, I'm semi magic though. You're full magic. You got Arcane though. We're Arcane. <laughs> I do, yeah. I'm learning. I'm Sister's, teaching Sister's a slow learner. <laughs> so he's all alone on Team uh, Spell Like Ability. <laughs> no, we were Team Semi Magic. Oh, it was Team Semi Magic? Yeah. Is that what we were? I, that's why we need the shirts that taste, say Team, team Semi Magic. <laughs> and we're Solace. Okay. I'm going to wear a lot of shirts. Got oh, Elemental Buddies. That's what we are. So I will give you both the two different types of information that you can get from this. Sweet. From where you are, and this is more on Hollis's side of things, Hollis, you know that you're approximately about 30 miles away from the Falchion Ridge. And then about 20, 25 miles past that, north and east, would be the Merchant's Oasis. Without the caravan slowing you... Well, actually, no, you guys left your camels behind too, didn't you? Mm-hmm. Yes, So you'll be moving at about the same speed that the caravan would be anyway, because the caravan's moving at average person walking speed. It would take you approximately three days to get from here to Falchion's Ridge, and then about two more days past that to reach the Mer- Merchant Oasis. I wish I'd taken Phantom Chariot. <laughs> it's on I brought list, that up before it? you left. I know. That would have been really convenient right now. All right, so... Wait, wait, wait. Well, what if they met us and we took our camels and they kept going and we went this way? Well, who's going to pull our, our wagon then? Well, we'll take our, our stuff. Oh, you mean take our wagon? Okay. If you could coordinate with them, which I think you could prepare a sending spell and do so, you could travel two days east and south and they could tra- travel two days east and north at which point the two of you would meet a little bit north and east of where the badlands are <laughs> effectively the only landmark there is the rock spire okay although whether or not that rock might take advantage of a caravan passing with some camels you don't know yeah. then again it doesn't attack people so you might just lose some camels supposedly yeah. anyway hmm. yeah poor honor and victory having lost his mate I don't know he might be angry yeah exactly or her I don't know that's true kill all humans that's very dark we could <laughs> sleep I could prepare teleport tomorrow morning I could teleport us back to the caravan to get our camels and then we could leave from there technically a further distance than yeah, it took us seven days to get where we are yeah cause according to my my little map here so we're I based on opposite it kind of looks like a little dinosaur head Ah, which makes me happy. So we're sitting on the crown. We're sitting on the crown of the dinosaur head of the Badlands. They're at the chin of the Badlands. We could sleep. I could prepare two teleports. I could go get the camels and teleport them back. Do you have quick study? I mean, yeah, but I don't have any slots open today. It's fifth level spell. Um, I mean, that's possible. I don't know if I could bring that much camel. There's only two of them, right? It is camel. also going to be difficult. And my camels. Mystica has two oh, camels. One camels. with all of her stuff and her normal camel. Yeah, that's too many camels. It's also going to be difficult to teleport to... It's always difficult to teleport to any impermanent structure mm. or yep. object. So teleporting anywhere in the desert is hard enough by itself. Like, teleporting back to this hive would be really easy. It's pretty much a permanent structure. But teleporting back to your specific wagon mm. is going to be a much harder teleportation. And I'm mm. assuming the three-ray don't have anything because they fly? No. Nah, That's of course bummer. not. They have giant bees! If you wanted to return back to the caravan, it would only take you about three days. It took you eight days to get here because you were searching. Why do we want to go back to the caravan? We need our camels so we can go fast. Well, no, once you're with the caravan, though, I'd imagine you'd move at the same speed that the caravan Well, no, we're not going to go with the caravan. We're going to take our camels, and we're going to go separately from the caravan. 
To where? To the salt flat thing. And then onto the merchant oasis, whereas they're going to go directly to the merchant oasis. Yeah. What, what was our reason for going to the salt flat? Sorry. I'm That's where Masiki's workshop was. Masiki's? <laughs> you just said? <laughs> no, Masika, that, where she built the, the Narmer guy. Okay. Just, oh, okay. That's did right. We just find our pet name for Masika. No, Masikis. No, that's Mafiki. It's too close to the monkey. Also, also, there are supposed to be ruins off of the sat fl- salt flats there mm-hmm. that are believed to have dated back from. Uh, but there's t- also something there that's turning people years. to stone. But I have flesh to stone. <laughs> I've got a. Solution. So you stay five, like you stay thirty feet back from us. So it's a scroll understand. right now, because I don't have six level spells. Do, and do there's any of no us guarantee of, that it's eh? like a Medusa and it's something that's just 30 feet away. Yeah. Uh, fair point. We don't know. Could be a Gorgon. Could be anything. Oh, man. But I have one scroll and we have three spellcasters in the party that can make a check maybe. Okay. I don't have used magic device. Dang you. So two. two. Okay. okay. Anywho. <laughs> well, real quick Anywho. to give you the rest of the information that All you right. have from those rolls. You do know that the salt flats would be about another day south and east from Falchion's Ridge. So, in essence, it would take you three days to get to Falchion's Ridge, at which point it would only take you a day from there to get to the salt flats. As far as Citra knows, the only real thing that you know pertaining towards Falchion's Ridge it is it is a famed landmark. It is, in essence, a naturally occurring archway. Hmm. The arch itself... Uh, stretches for hundreds of feet and is actually supposedly hundreds of feet in height. Uh, a single arch with a bend somewhat akin to that of a massive falchion. The ancient rumors are is that it actually belonged to supposedly a god of the desert giants who used it in battle against the forces of Rovagug in time immemorial. Oh. Uh, before supposedly he was slain or devoured or forced to flee and that he dropped his blade in the process it impacted in the ground and it stood there forever since. That's cool. Well, it seems to me like we're either going to walk on foot or we're going to meet up with the caravan. I think the easiest thing would probably just to be to meet the caravan. Then they can keep moving on and we can go to the flats if that's what you want to do. I mean, I think the same thing, actually. Take a detour, so yes. For the caravan, it would probably take them also five days to get to the Merchant's Oasis. So In essence, you, you are both pretty much the same distance away. You're just starting from two different sides of the Badlands. But if we take a day to go south toward the salt flats, I would put us one day behind. Well, that's fine. We have we, we want to investigate that stuff out there. I yes. mean, we're so close to it, it doesn't make sense to go to the Merchant Oasis and then come back, right? Correct. Or you can meet at the Falchion Ridge. It's noticeable from anywhere within about... That's what I'm saying. That's what we we'll meet miles. at the yeah, Ridge. Let's meet them. Yeah, I say we meet the caravan. At Falchion Ridge or just at the Oasis? At Falchion, at Falchion, Falchion Ridge. Ridge. We don't want to go back and then back because every precious moment this larva could go in a cocoon or whatever they do. <laughs> Come All out right. a beautiful bee queen. I, I don't know a lot about 3A. I don't know anything about them other than what I learned here. So mm. They make good honey. Yeah, their honey's yeah, that good. That is true. In large quantities. All well, right, so we need to prepare a message to Sinto Valtos to say, to say, go to Falchion Ridge. We will meet them there. Should take about three days. Are we sure that we can't borrow some of these big old bees to ride around? That would I'm be a question for them. Going to me. imagine that they need them to help with the construction or whatever they were using them for previously, right? Well, they they make honey, which is what they're using them for. Oh. <laughs> we can send them back when we're done. 
they are also not trained to ride. Oh, I, I, oh. Okay, I was gonna say when you said like giant bees, I didn't assume they were big enough for people to ride. No, on. they're big. Yeah, they're, they're horse sized bees. What? Yeah. yeah. Do you not remember? That's the part that stuck out most to me about this is that there's <laughs> giant honey. I shrunk the kids' bees. Like, yeah. just big old bees. Big old bees. Fine. I'll have to save my bee riding for a different adventure. Put that on your life goals. If I die, vermin druid with a giant bee that I ride around. You just come back and you're like a cavalier and you ride around on this bee. Like a halfling who rides a bee. I was raised by bee people. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Can I'm the larva. I don't, I don't think so, but I don't want just, no, imagine, you, just imagine how chunky that halfling would be eating nothing but honey every day. <laughs> they have okay. a real sugar addiction. I'm just imagining now you're like blow mage levels of big with this bee hauling you around because it's a large size bee. You can't even bee. ride on the back of it. He just gave it like a flower basket that you ride underneath. <laughs> All right. I guess I, uh, Masika will send a sending spell to Falto <laughs> that basically says, Hey, meet us at Falcon Ridge. Falcon, Falcon, Falcon Ridge. Ridge. Falcon Ridge. He's like, That's in Taldor. <laughs> <laughs> I will because my love for Citra is so strong. All right, so we're going to Taldor. <laughs> Six months later. <laughs> Everything's dead. Everything's why, bad. Why does everybody here have a weird accent? They all talk like Falto. <laughs> and then we set off. Falto responds. Oh boy, that's ought to be good. He's got uh, 25 words. Can he do it? That's what I'm trying, that's what I'm trying to figure out. <laughs> we will meet you there. We met survivors of a cult attack, bringing them with us. Be safe. Big bird flying around. Love you, Citra. <laughs> Success for using exactly 25 words, too. You know, there Walter you would use every word. Yep. There's survivors of the cult attack out here. What the cult attack? cult attack? So there was a second one then. There's cult attacks like one. every day. Yeah, but here in the Badlands, I didn't, we didn't run into the other people. How gullible is Falto? Uh, if they're using magic, pretty. Well, what about Azaz and Kelru? Not as much. Oh, so you think they might be the cult in disguise? Yes. Not unheard of. Incognito, if you will. We will let our adult, <coughs> Citra, investigate upon meeting. You're we, very good at reading people. That is what I've become discovered. the adult. Aren't you older than me? I'm way older than you, but you are better at reading people than me, therefore you are the adult of the situation. I see. I'm not that old. I mean, I only became an adult like 65 years ago. Only? 65 years would be most of my lifespan. Well, I told you humans make me sad sometimes because they live so shortly. But you live to the fullest. I do admire that. <laughs> I'm about 10 years old. Well, you'll live forever with me. Well, not forever. I don't live forever. Yep, barring violence. You gotta find a druid. I hear they live a long time. <laughs> well, I think we should set off while we still have daylight. Hmm, okay. Well, let's go. I hope we still have daylight. We just woke up. <laughs> That's what I mean. You've been talking forever. Well, we got the daylight. Let's go. Sure, we had to strategize. Say, well, I like that we, we did this divination and we're like, well, there goes our plans for the day. All right, ready to march? New go. plans. <laughs> I suppose then, all of you gather together, you set off. You make your way. We think about whether or not we're being betrayed by these people pretending to be survivors. Well, and how long were the, will the 3A be able to, like survive with other queen because we're probably going to be a long time before I we find them. they just can't reproduce so they'll all yeah. die. Oh, I guess that makes sense. But if we get the queen back, then they'll be okay. Ah, this or, queen just might be full grown by the time we find them. Yep. We go full beekeeper. We find another queen from a different hive. Oh. We introduce her slowly and carefully. Wouldn't we have to kidnap them? Because I'm sure the existing hive queen There's wouldn't one. want to give up her child. We could just merge them. 
The other queen could have another baby queen. We take the baby queen. And then she'll make another baby queen because she'll have to. Right? You're still advocating for the kidnap of a child. It's going to still be with B people. It'll just be different B people. I think it still constitutes kidnapping if it's Definitely. not approved. But if the other B people are like, yeah, they need a queen, it'd be fine. But if it's but Yeah, but we definitely have to ask permission. But I don't think there's another B popula- person population around here. I think that, that they I would I mean, this unique. was listed as a major landmark, so probably not. Yeah. I wonder if we could make another B. Like, I wonder if they could, like, become a queen. I don't think that's how it works, because I think it's like actual bees in that respect. Mm. Yep. There's a lot of Maybe she's bee born biology that I don't know. <laughs> no, if, yeah, if you're if you're not bo- born a queen, you don't become a queen. There's no uh, metamorphosis or whatever. Anyway, you all set off. You make your way east. I will need a survival check from the party or somebody in the party. Who I'm going to attempt to help by taking 10. I also help by taking 10. Who? I can't fail helping. Who yeah, has the highest survival? Me or you? Not me. Not me, probably. I've got a five. Mine's a 19. You. Okay, yours is higher than Definitely mine. Definitely her. Okay. So I automatically aid you no matter what. Lots mm-hmm. of aids. Me too. We all aid you. Can I aid? Technically, yes, because he has my ranks. I'm helping. <laughs> I'm helping. <laughs> if you magnetize me and put me in water, I'll point north. But isn't water <laughs> bad for you? Wouldn't magnets be bad for you? No, I'm not made of electronics. I'm clockwork. That's right. Well, rust seems bad. That's true. But we could dry you off real quick. I'm not positive what material I'm made of, but it's probably ferrous. Actually, it would have to be ferrous to magnetize. Hmm. All right, so I roll a 14, and then with everyone's aiding, I get a 41. <laughs> nice. Wait, wow. now we're getting lost, y'all. <laughs> yeah, so you make, a, you make a good travel or trek the first day. As you get further and further north, the desert gets denser. Here, there's still rock. There's still hard-packed earth at points. Sometimes just cracked earth, sun-baked from years and years of exposure. Masika, you know that the further you get north, the more it becomes true desert. Sand dunes stretching up scores, sometimes a hundred feet, slowly moving their way inch by inch across the stretch of the desert and open land. Here further to the south, though, the dunes don't usually get much higher than maybe 10, 15 feet. You're just kind of climbing up one, dropping down to the other side, walking along the ridge of the dunes. Mostly just doing your best to uh, travel quickly and safely. Fortunately, you don't run into anything particularly dangerous this first day. Yay. Good. And you make Yay. your way uh, rather uneventfully. Go ahead and make me a survival check for the following day. I'm aiding. Is everybody aiding again? Yep. Mm-hmm. Well, I do believe that that is a sand dune. <laughs> I'm helping. They seem to be plentiful out here. Huh? Okay, I only roll a two, but I still get a 29. Nice. Cool. So you continue pressing on from here. You navigate your way further east, deeper and deeper into the desert. By about the midpoint of this day, you can only... The only thing that you can see of the Badlands that you've been leaving behind that have been on your southern horizon this entire time is that single lone spire, which protrudes up and out of the earth. Off towards your left, further away, you can see the desert becomes thicker, and the sand seems to become almost darker as you look towards the northern horizon. As if maybe in the furthest horizon you can still see that same, you doubt very seriously it's that same sandstorm that overtook you before, but perhaps another one Hmm. blowing its way through the desert. Although it doesn't look like it's approaching in your direction. It just turns the northern sky this burnt orange. You travel through most of the day and then towards the end of the day as you crest over one of the ridges, the sun beginning to set in the distance. Far, far ahead, you can see this thin arch on the far horizon, 
perhaps another 10, 12 miles away. But of course, you're forced to make camp at that point. For the most part, you haven't run into anything much more dangerous than the occasional scorpion comes skittering past the occasional, or you stumble across the occasional trail left behind of snakes. Sometimes snakes probably no larger than foot, two foot. Uh, sometimes what seem to be trails left behind of insects or reptiles much larger. What look to be maybe the tracks of uh, scorpions. Sometimes they look to be closer to scorpions, approximately the size of a horse. Well, all right. Fun times. Tiny hut. Bing. <laughs> <laughs> I imagine all of you rest up that evening. Yep. The sun sets, the stars come out. The sky turns this, first this brilliant shade of dark blue before eventually just turning black and is filled with innumerable stars. As you sit here, the evening comes on. The cold wind whistles through the desert and there's kind of this this depth, this limitlessness to this. Masika probably doesn't even register this. This is the home. She'd probably find it more odd to be someplace where you couldn't see the horizon. For Sudi, for Citra, urban kids such as you are, it is just a limitless expanse of silver and blue dunes and this the vast gulf of immeasurable space. I imagine all of you set up your watch, as usual. I think Sudi takes most of them. Yeah, all but two hours. Y'all get to trade off who has to get up for two hours while I, I gotta sleep. sleep. I figure Citra actually being the adult of the party uh, before everyone, like, I figure uh, Hollis and Masika go to bed and Citra's probably going to sit up with Sudi for a little bit. What did I do? You didn't do nothing bad, God. You were too swell. Sudi, <laughs> <laughs> you've expanded to being wider than five feet. I'm going to need you to take two squares now. <laughs> so Citra probably sits down with you and kind of gives you a little nudge and is like, So, you and I haven't really gotten to talk for a bit. No, not really. I guess I kind of wanted to check in on you. See how you were doing with all the pretty much crazy things that have been happening over the last few months. I I don't know. I mean, I guess I'm just kind of focused on the mission. I mean, we're going to find Kabak, stop him in the cult. I mean, this thing, I don't like it. He points up at his uh, turban-clad... Pharaonic headdress. Are you okay still wearing it, or do you want to switch off? No, I think I've got it. It hasn't really given me a vision or anything, so... Well, except for the one. So, it's weird because, you know, when we were back in Tefu, it gave a couple, and now it seems to have gone quiet, which I'm thankful for because it's kind of disturbing to go back into the past. You're like a, like a ghost for a while, just like people move through you, and it's very disconcerting. Well, hopefully we'll be able to put Hakatap to rest, but I think we still have a hard journey ahead of us. Definitely. There's not really anything to do about it, though. If we're not going to do it, nobody else will, because nobody else knows about any of this. I think that's what what the intent was. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Make this disappear and never have to worry about it again. Yeah. And then we got stuck with it. I didn't know going to the lottery was going to end up me on a mission to save the world. (laughs) I mean, I guess I kind of felt like there was going to be something momentous that would happen, but could have never predicted it was going to be this. So I didn't really predict that I was going to find out about my birth family and my heritage and get a stone put in my head. It's just a lot. Are you... How do you feel about the fact that you might still have family out there? I don't know. It's kind of weird because, like, they're, like, family, but not really because I didn't grow up with them. So it's kind of like I'm 
meeting these strangers that I have a connection to. That mm-hmm. I'm going to have to, like, get to know them just like any- I would anyone else. That's true, but it's nice to have something out there. That's true. And maybe they'll actually be useful. I mean, we don't know what my birth family was guarding out there, what the temple was, so it might be something useful for us. That's true, but I wouldn't focus on that. Focus on the fact that you have something out there that's tangible. Uh, I guess it's been, I mean, I've been on my own for like nine years, so I guess I got kind of used to it. Yeah, So you're not on your own anymore. Oh, no, that's true. But it's, I don't know, I kind of feel like maybe I forgot what it's like to have a family. Well, I think this is a good chance to figure out what it is again. Maybe. Speaking of family, what about you and Falto? What does that have to do with family? Well, I mean, like, you guys are, like, seeing each other, or, like, it's getting maybe serious because you put, like, labels on it. Still taking very slow, but we've talked about maybe leaving Osirian, which, honestly, absolutely terrifies me. Uh, on the other hand, I mean, look at all the crazy stuff we've seen here. I mean, this is not exactly, like, the probably best place to make a life. Well, I don't know. I had a pretty good life and on until the craziness with my brother and then when we went to Tefu I mean I went to school I learned how to be I learned how to do art for the the books and you know I was already pretty good at art because my parents taught me but I have a life here granted I don't think I'm allowed to go back home unless I get permission and honestly I don't know if the Hatia would give me permission very often it's one of those things is I don't know if she would keep a grudge or not right oh I think she would definitely keep a grudge well she was really mad at us she had good reason to be mad at us. <sighs> to be fair, we did kind of go behind her back on everything we did in that town. Yep, but I don't know. Taking it slow, I, you know, I was honest with him and told him that I don't know what the future holds, but I do like him. Yeah. So well, we'll see where it goes. Well, it's good to find somebody. I mean, he's gone to all this trouble to do this caravan and come with us, and yeah. seems like he's gone to a lot of effort for it. I hope he finds what he's looking for out here. I kind of hope I'm wrong on my theory, though, of his father being my father. We'll see. There's lots of mysteries in the desert. Yes, because, I mean, it it would be... I don't know how he would take it, honestly. He'd probably break his heart a little bit. Well, yeah, because, I mean, it's basically being told your father could have come home and didn't. Exactly. So, I don't imagine it would go over well, so hopefully I'm wrong. Well... I just wanted to check in with you and make sure you were doing okay. Meditation helps a lot. And having, well, little need to little need to sleep means I can have a lot of time to process things, kind of think through things and come to terms with it. Well, if you ever need to talk again, just come wake me up. I'll always sleep in while they're doing their things. <laughs> I'll keep that in mind. All right. Good night, Sudi. Good night. That's, <laughs> that's actually bring up a question I just thought of myself. Sudi only sleeping two hours, does he dream less than people who sleep eight hours? He dreams just so many dreams. <laughs> he compresses all eight hours of dreams into two, two hours. <laughs> One dream. Every every dream is just in fast forward, like, <laughs> He remembers none of them. <laughs> hey, that'd be pretty nice. He just gets deja vu the next day and is like, uh, what on earth? Citra, I suppose you settle in. Mm-hmm. Sudi, go ahead and make me a perception roll. Dang it, Mask. I, I said you weren't giving me visions, and you're going to give me a vision? You jinxed it, bud. I did it jinx it. Um, you should have rolled bad. You just would have missed it. <laughs> I didn't. I get a 13 for a 30 if it's not sight-based, and a 26 if it is sight-based. There's a Tasmanian devil. Okay, so 26. Oh, it's sight-based. That's weird. 
It's glowing. I don't think it's a mask. So do you think it's a little past midnight? You've meditated, you've set. You have a small campfire here. Uh, just enough to kind of keep warm in the cold of the night. You eye the surrounding desert dunes, the distant ridge. Once or twice, maybe it's just your eyes playing tricks on you. Maybe it's true. You almost think that you see some sort of light or movement. I mean, it's miles and miles of miles away, but you put your back to the fire and stare out to keep your, your night sight with your one good eye. Watch the ridge. It's a little past midnight when you see movement closer. It's still a ways off, probably close to maybe a quarter of a mile or so. But for a moment, you see what looks to be maybe three figures silhouetted on top of one of the dunes. They seem to pause and then descend down the dunes, trailed behind by maybe some sort of dogs, something four-legged moving along at their heels. You kind of watch for a while before you see them crest and rise on a dune, not substantially closer, but closer. Hmm. How far away are they? Still about a quarter of a mile, but they seem to be moving in this direction. Great. Oh, man. All right, so Sudi's going to go. Guess wake up Citra and Masika first. Get another pair of eyes on the scene here, because Hollis has to sleep for eight hours straight. Narmer's also been sitting out there with you. He doesn't sleep. Oh, yeah. I was listening to your entire conversation. I just wanted to say, you two are amazing French. <laughs> Thanks, Narmer. Do you see those people over there? Uh, hold on. <laughs> He's, he's, he brings uh, his flippers up and starts adjusting his eyes. <laughs> <laughs> binocular eyes. He gets a uh, 29. Zoom and enhance. <laughs> Zoom and enhance. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's, there's three people, and you know, it, it, it looks like they got some something with them. Kind of long and lanky. Maybe right. some of those greyhound dogs. All right. All right. Well, let's get everybody up and prepare for if they're hostile or not although I don't know if this little like puts his hand out on the wall of force I don't know if this will protect us from anything Sudi knows nothing about magic so he's gonna wake up uh, Masika and Citra five more minutes Narmer Masika rolls over it's not Narmer okay <laughs> what? What? what what no no get, I need to get up what what no what we've got company uh, Citra we've mm. got company Good company, bad company. Unknown company. Oh, so bad. I mean, they are traveling in the dead of night, so probably bad. All right. Citra gets up and starts strapping her kukris on. Yeah, so he'll, he'll glance over and be like, should I wake Hollis? I mean, we don't know if they're hostile or not. I know, but I don't want her to wake up from a dead sleep into a fight. She might also know if these walls will protect us, the invisible ones. I'll wake her up. Oh. I was like, please... Wake me up so I can tell you the thing that's important to know right so now. So Hollis is going to, or Sudi <laughs> is going to wake up Hollis. No, I I'm going to wake her up. Okay. You're going to keep an eye out. I keep an eye out. Citra goes and nudges Hollis. Hmm? So um, apparently there are some people approaching. We don't know if it's good or bad. Okay, well, they can't see us in the tiny hut. Oh, hey, Sudi, they can't see us in the hut. What? The occupants cannot be seen from outside the hut. They have total concealment. Everybody get inside the hut. So they can see that there's some weird thing there. They can see that there's something there. But they can't see us in the hut. Okay. You're already out with Masika. You stay there. We'll stay in here just in case. And we'll ambush them? If we need to. Okay. You can move in and out of the hut with no problem. If I leave the hut, the hut goes away. Okay. Also, we can throw weapons and stuff through the hut. 
So, okay, so I thought they were walls of force. Are they not walls of force? It's just an illusion? You create an unmoving opaque sphere of force of any color you decide you desire around yourself. Mine is the color of sand. Uh, the sphere of force doesn't have... Half the sphere projects above the ground. The lower hemisphere passes through the ground. As many as nine other medium creatures can fit into the field with you. They can freely pass into and out of the hut without harming it. Oh, However, wow. if you remove yourself from the hut, the spell ends. Uh, the whole big thing about temperature... The interior of the hut is a hemisphere. You can illuminate it dimly upon command or extinguish it when desired. Although the force field is opaque from the outside, it is transparent from within. Missiles, weapons, and most spell effects can pass through the hut without affecting it. Although the occupants cannot be seen from outside the hut, they have total concealment. Wow. Okay. So unless they know we're there because they're like detecting magic or something and fireball is, they're not really probably going to have a chance of hitting us. Um, all right. So you didn't know that. So that's good to know. I, the player, also didn't know that. Good to know. So, I guess Sudi will pretend that he and Citra, or was it he and Sika? Who are we doing this? It's up to you. If you we want to trade, that's fine. I mean, it would be really weird for me to be just chilling out by myself, middle of the night. Yeah, hey, I'm just sitting here. Next One-eyed to this, catfolk just chilling. Next to this strange, opaque hemisphere. Well, if we want, <laughs> let's put both the magic users inside. Can that you? way y'all can cast okay. spells from behind. Yeah, because you can cast spells from within. Can y'all yeah. see in the dark? No. No. But there's a campfire. Well, I know. I, we could extinguish it and then... I yeah. can. Maybe. Elemental buddies and dark vision buddies. Yee. Okay, well, I, I don't have any fancy things like that. I know. I'm just like, you know, semi-normal. Well, never mind then. Alright, so I guess Citra and I are gonna... I don't know. <laughs> it's gonna be kind of weird because we're gonna be like up at midnight just like chilling by a fire like, sup guys? Fancy meeting you in the middle of this desert. We're telling ghost stories. <laughs> Should I find a place to hide and ambush them? Yes, no, armor gets a 33 on a stealth check. Do you want me to okay. throw? I, no I have telekinetic charge. I okay. could throw you. I mean, if it comes to that, sure. Uh, Co- coconut. What? If you say coconut, I'll attack. I don't want you to attack anything. Then don't say coconut. Okay, then I'll wait for you to say coconut. But if it becomes desperate, you know the word. Hollis casts okay. mage armor and see invisibility while she's sitting here waiting on this conversation to end. Narmer throws himself down on the ground. He then kind of wiggles a little bit and then starts using his flippers to kick up sand until he just buries himself <laughs> like a sand skipper. <laughs> oh, goodness. That's don't, actually probably very effective camouflage. Don't let them step on me. <laughs> I've already lost sight of you. All right, Sudi keeps uh, his eye peeled then for these people who are weirdly coming directly towards us, like they know where we are. Do I have time to put my armor and stuff on? Oh, yeah. They're like a quarter of a oh, mile okay. away. You saw them from way off. I can help you if you need help. Do you wear medium armor or light? Uh, she wears a breastplate. Okay. Yeah, so medium. You don't need help, but they can help. It makes it faster. All right. I'll help. I don't know a lot about armor, so I fuddle around a lot, but um, I'm a quick learner. That would be a cool magic spell. Don armor rapidly kind of a spell. Bing. That would be really cool. It's just like the armor puts itself on. There's a magic necklace that if you're wearing it and it, it's literally it's the Iron Man necklace oh nice you tap it and it will put your armor on and you tap it again it takes your armor off it just magically stores your armor inside of an extra dimensional yeah. space I'm gonna store that away for my next melee character yeah. but the two of you sit out you watch these figures you get the impression that they're not approaching directly at you they just seem to be walking in this direction as they continue to approach they crest the dunes they descend they crest the dunes they descend you're kind of amazed at at how fast they seem to be approaching, but at the same time about how at first you thought that they were 
closer than they actually seem to have been. As they continue to make their way and approach closer and closer with each ridge they crest, you recognize that the figures are towering. (laughs) The creatures at their heels are not hounds, but camels that come up to about their knees as they crest the rise and continue to make their way ahead. Hey guys, good news. I found his rides. (laughs) Eventually, as they approach closer, they seem to note the two of you. They stop a short distance away. The three figures, two of them appear to be men, the third one a woman. All of them carry scimitars that sit easily at their hips, two each, one on each hip. Oh no. One of them approaches closer, a tall strapping man. His skin is a burnished deep, deep bronze that almost looks black at night. His Uh hair is this thick black mane, which has been tied into a braid that falls down to about the midpoint of his back. I have a theory. I also have a theory. He wears simple white robes that enwrap him and seemingly no armor, but he moves in a way that at each step, his feet seem to evenly displace the sand to the point that it doesn't seem to remotely even slow him. The man approaches within about a hundred feet or so. Even from here though, you can see that He's probably three times Sudi's height. He would still have a head and shoulders on you if you were enlarged, standing close to about 15 or 16 feet in height. The Titan figure stands ahead of you. Anyone that wishes to. I wish. You may make me a knowledge local. Oh, there goes my my, uh, shaitan theory. (laughs) I get a 21. I rolled a net 20 for a 34. Really? (laughs) Local's my lowest one. Keep it up. Very good. With a 34. This is a desert giant. Oh. That wasn't my guess either. So. Uh, okay. Desert giants rove the stark and majestic sands, rarely dwelling in permanent camps. They roam from oasis to oasis, sleeping beneath the stars or in easily dismantled yurts, breaking camp as whim strikes or when food sources grow scarce. The average desert giant stands about 15 feet tall. They have slender builds, however, and rarely weigh more than 2,000 pounds. <laughs> cool. A fact that greatly contributes to their grace and speed. Oh, lovely. Desert giants favor loose robes for protection from the scouring desert winds, as well as traveling leathers worn beneath the robes. They require little water and are able to survive for as long as two weeks on food alone. When such goods are available, they drink water, milk, and juices in prodigious amounts, but they spurn beer, wine, and stronger spirits. The bulk of their diet comes from figs, olives, and similar bounties of the oasis, supplemented by meat if required. As a side note, the eldest uh, desert giants can live as long as 300 years. Bowsers. You may ask three questions pertaining towards the desert giant. Special defenses? Special defenses. Uh, They possess an ability referred to as rock catching. They can catch rocks if you throw rocks at them. Hey, that's a giant thing. Uh, They also have immunity to fire. Special qualities. Special qualities. Uh, Other than the fact that they have low light vision, which they have low light vision, they also have a special quality referred to as sand walking. A desert giant travels at full speed across sand, rocky ground, or dust and leaves no trail behind unless Ah. it chooses to do so. Fancy. Okay, because I thought they might have like uh, um, something that makes them immune to the difficult terrain. So that makes sense. I guess special attacks just to be safe. They have two special attacks. First off, they can throw rocks. (laughs) They can accurately throw a boulder uh, within 100 feet with no penalty. Wowzers. In addition to that, they also possess scimitar training. All desert giants are proficient with scimitars and can wield them as if they were light weapons. <laughs> a desert wow. giant adds its full strength bonus to attacks made with the scimitar wielded in its offhand and gains a plus four bonus to its combat maneuver defense versus disarm and sunder attempts when fighting with a scimitar in each hand. Jeez. They're in essence trained from birth for two weapon fighting. Mm. Yikes, so they will cut us to ribbons. Impressive. Cool. 
I'm a little afraid. The man pauses, raises a hand in greeting. Citra does the same. Peace be to you and yours. I am Hasin. You are travelers. Masika's gonna make her way out. I am Citra. You just, you realize you just walk out of thin yeah. air, right? Hi, Hasin. Wait, you, wait, do you know him? Little fish. <laughs> what His you... laughter like booms in a way that kind of echoes or reverberates in your chest. So Citra relaxes and takes her hand off of the hilt of her. Yeah, body. yeah, okay, all right. What you doing? Traveling. Is that not obvious? He glances over, you know, all the much shorter people here. May we join you at your fire? Come in the hut. I don't want to lose it. I don't think I can fit in your. And I will reiterate, tiny hut. <laughs> it's it's nine just, it's you, nine people, and they count as four each. You just sit in the doorway, and we'll make a little circle around the doorway. All right, that works. They'll just be, I like that they'll just be like an invisible like like voice coming out of ah. the ether. I put my head through, but the rest of my body stays inside. Oh, super creepy. <laughs> so the giant makes his way forward. Up close, again, you kind of come up a little bit over his kneecap. Bowsers. He smiles, drops down to a knee, pats Masika on the shoulder with his thumb. She, <laughs> she like, hugs his arm, I guess? He'd pick you up so you can, at the very least, you can almost get your uh, your hands around his neck. <laughs> <laughs> ah, I see that you are traveling with new friends now. Yes. We're out uh, looking for the cultists. Having fun. Hunting them down to bring them to justice. Don't suppose you've seen any. In fact, we have. Oh, good. The Where? other two giants <laughs> approach closer, followed along by a good ten camels, mm. which are just trailing along, carrying around. Each one of the camels has these two large wicker baskets set to either side of them made of reeds. Uh, each one of them is filled nearly to the brim with what appear to be dates, which uh, almost just boil over. I mean, cool. they probably are eating like one of those barrels per, per day yeah. per giant. <laughs> but he nods back towards the other two. Uh, one is a, she isn't quite as tall as the two men, but a tall woman, probably standing about 14 and a half feet. So just barely under the height of the two men. She looks to be just as uh, fit, as muscular, as fast as the two of them, considering that they have a freaking 50 foot movement speed. Uh, Holy cow. They real fast. <laughs> the other one is a uh, an older giant, at the very least older than the, you would guess that the first giant that approached this Hassan is probably... I mean, he's obviously an adult, but you'd say probably a young adult. Uh, mm -hmm. Kind of the human equivalent facial feature-wise of maybe late teens, early 20s. Uh, this other one looks to be a man probably in his mid to late 20s equivalency, although you don't know what that means as far as how many years as a giant he's been alive. He wears a much thicker beard and his hair is much shorter cut. Mm. Yes, this is Falima and Ervos. Nice to meet you. Pleasure. I'm Sudi. This is uh, Citra and Hollis. Ha. We hadn't seen you here, but had seen something on the horizon as we made our way. Seems yeah. to have been your strange... He kind of reaches out with a finger and, like, pokes. Tiny hut. It's magic. Hmm. Keeps the sand out. Well, not the sand on the ground, but the blowing sand. Hmm. And the temperature nice. Comes in handy. But we are headed to uh, Falchion Ridge. We have just come from Falchion Ridge. And you saw cultists there? A few. Are they dead? Yes. Good. Oh, good. Wait, did you kill them or did you see them dead? Because that's weird. No, no, we killed them. Oh, okay, that's fine. They were riding dragons. <laughs> Wait, what? Dragons? No, not true dragons. Sand drakes. Interesting. Huh. Did you happen to get any of their masks? Do they leave them there? 
Uh, no, they seem to have... Gear fell somewhere in the sands, but we retrieved what we could. Hmm. So they blew up. Well, in midair. Oh. <laughs> what happened to the drakes? They're also dead. Oh, that's a little disappointing. Well, if they were being used in the fight... The bearded no. giant just kind of smiles, you know, reaches back to one of the camels. Does that thing like someone does when, you know, they're just moving their cat where they, like, grab both ends of the camel and bring it forward? <laughs> <laughs> Grabs one of the satchels and sets it down. Would you like some Drake meat? Oh, that was wonderful. Sure. Is it? I've never had it before. I can cook it. It's I'm delicious. Good. Okay, then. I'll try some. Apparently, we're having a midnight snack. I have one egg. <laughs> <laughs> we can do some, like, uh, you know, breaded Drake meat over here. <laughs> what are we, deep frying the Drake meat? <laughs> we'll, we'll bread it in sand. Can we have some in oil? <laughs> no. Where are you traveling to, little ones? Falston Ridge. Well, we're heading to the ridge, and then we're going towards the flats. Ah, the Merchant's Oasis, then. Well, we're Why heading. would you travel through the flats? We're hunting down these cultists. Um, my, my friends here had some dealings with them back in Tefu, and we have a lead on where the cult's leader might be and what they're actually after out here. So we're hoping to kind of, you know, finally end all of this shenanigans. Oh, shenanigans. That's a good word. Interesting. And save a bee. Yeah, they have the queen bee larva, larva from... The 3A. Yeah. They attacked them not too long ago. The 3A may have survived. Mm, Some of barely. them. Mm, apparently, if we don't get their queen back, the hive will eventually die out. Well, since brow furrows... He looks away off towards the uh, the south, towards the west. We went ahead from the rest of our people to go and check the oasis and make certain that it was safe. We had seen your people on the way there, Masika. I imagine by this point that they've already arrived. Most likely. We have not been out to see the Three Ray in some time. We were going to make our way to the Merchant's Oasis and then perhaps north to the Golden Oasis to trade. But the cultists do seem to have been more active recently. Attacking us in the desert isn't like them. The dragons are new, too. They're getting bolder. They also killed that rock. They did. One of the rocks, yeah. One of the uh, rocks that have that spire with the boat on it. The countenance of all three of the giants kind of darkens at this. It's very upsetting. The rock is, is the sun falcon. It is sacred. Mm-hmm. One of them is perished. Well, they don't care nothing about the sun. No. He glowers, kind of absentmindedly reaching over, picking up a, you know, for all of you, a fist-sized boulder and just kind of grinding it away into dust as he looks down and across the desert. Have you seen Tenacera? The Sphinx. Mm-hmm. No, not in some time. Hmm. We're pretty sure she went after the cult as well. My father treated with her some months back. Hmm. Well, as much as you can with the Sphinx. <laughs> but from what I understand, he answered the riddles required of him and gain the information he sought, although he did not see fit to share it with me. He glances towards Masika. You know my father. Uh, yeah. Hmm. Now, if they are becoming bolder, then it is a dangerous time for all of you to be out here. Oh, we know. You are very small. We have... <laughs> we're smaller on the inside. Or, sorry, we're smaller on the outside than the inside. We got big power? Heart? I don't know how... I lost myself in this metaphor... But I think we can be okay as long as we're smart about it. We are capable combatants. There we go. That's a nice way to say it. All together, we form Captain Planet. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll form the head. 
Masika and her father showed me the strength of the, the smaller people once before. Many years ago. A debt I still owe. I keep he telling smiles. you not to worry about that. I only have so much time to repay it. That's true. They don't live very long, these humans. Well, you're not really a human, though. Mostly human. Hmm. I'm going to try not to be offended every time you guys talk about how little I'm going to live. I don't usually befriend humans. I've hung out with a lot of dwarves and stuff. They never talk about the fact that cat folk don't live uh, longer than humans either. How long do your people live? Human length, I think. (laughs) (laughs) I think. I I don't know. Well, okay, funny. If a living monolith, if I get to 10 level living monolith, I will stop aging, so I become immortal. Yeah, so, so then I, me and Narmer will be left to like grieve over everybody else's passing. Yeah, even me. Isn't your special spadon supposed to extend your life? I don't think it does that yet. I don't feel like it does. I mean, I cannot tell Zora when we find her, but I think she mentioned something way back when that it might. So everyone here is going to outlive me by a long time. Maybe You'll not never me. Forget you though. <laughs> You know what we could do? Is this about to be very morbid and weird? Yeah, I guess I won't say it. <laughs> but, you know, I come from from next, and our neighbor, Geb, the undeader. No, no, we're not know. doing undead. It, not it could be a, you could keep your memories and, and whatnot. No, no, we're not doing that. Okay. Not going okay. to happen. Death is a natural part of the world. Oh, we can commune you with you if I learn this ritual. Then we can just chat you up when we feel like it. I suppose, yes. All right. Sudi gives you a very conflicted look. You didn't mind talking to your grandfather. You wouldn't want to talk to Citra? Well, no. I mean, I would, but... <laughs> I'm outsmarted. <laughs> well, that's Sudi, okay. Sudi just, like, like, just kind of, like, stops. Like, no. We got to nope. fill them halls. Fill the halls? What, what are halls? you talking Oh, we did about? the ritual. I got to see everybody's brain organization. What? Their mental palaces. What, what? And mine is like a comfortable reading room, but big and full of books. And his is like a monastery, except waiting to be filled. Wait, you never told me this. You were in my head? And Kahat, Kahat's is like a storm. It was intense. Huh. I'm curious what mine would be. Art gallery. Art gallery? Really? I don't know. You seem visual. I am very visual. I have very interesting new friends. This is all very interesting, yes. You seem to be lacking one. Narmer, are you still hiding? No one shed coconut. Well, we, <laughs> we didn't have a stop word. Oh, we, no. We didn't want you to attack them? So oh, why no. would we say it? We didn't establish a safe word. Narmer, come out. The safe word is come out. I don't know what my programming says. Narmer. Your programming is whatever she says it is, so come out. Okay, I'm out you know Hassan. Hey, Hassan. I shaved him once. How you shaved you... him? <laughs> I shaved him. Oh, saved him. I get it. Shaved him. Does he have a beard? No, I don't have a beard. Oh, well, I would see it with my eyes. <laughs> uh, I, I, imagine I thought Nar- you were asking from inside the hut. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm imagining Narmer gets out. You can see him clearly s- from inside the hut. Yes, right. Imagine Narmer gets out. He's, like, covered in sand, and then he just, like, starts shaking, and there's just, like, sand, like, uh, erupting out of all of his little, like, whatever passes scales. for... Yeah, like, the pores <laughs> in between his little scales or whatever. So how did you save Hassan? Oh, it's a long story. Are you going to tell it anyway? I could. Um, or I could just do the short story where uh, Hassan was unfortunately captured by cultists and my father and I rescued him. Her father and mine were great friends. My father was heartbroken to hear of your loss, Masika. 
My father is Sheik, leader of our people. That makes sense. Regardless, we faced and killed the cultists that we found near Falchion's Ridge. They seem to have been scouring, searching, or mm. returning. I'm not quite positive. They had stopped there on the way back. I don't like that. That's close to where we're trying to scour and whatnot. Well, we knew that was going to happen. Mm. But why? Would you be perhaps interested in some trade? We have some items from them, some food stuff that we could sell to you. Sure, we could take a look. What do we have? I would be happy to give <laughs> you a good rate. You seem strangely uh, camel-less out here. I mean, <laughs> yeah, their caravan's real slow. They're full of city folk. You came with outsiders. Yes, they're looking for a ruin. We saved Masika's sister. They did. They helped me save Sage. And, you know, anyone who wants to get rid of the cultists is a friend of mine. Sure, we hate them. Yes, we hate them so much. Very passionately. Uh, Hollis has a thousand yard stare thinking about the fact that her best friend is the leader of the cult right now. Possibly. Yeah, you're next on my have a chat with list. <laughs> See, this is why you're the adult. <laughs> Hollis is only 165. <laughs> what is your old nice stuff? I live forever. Well, not forever, for a long time. Well, do we have anything to trade? What do we have? What do we have to trade? <laughs> We've got some sh- chain shirts that are going to be too small for them. Mighty composite short bows. They'll probably be able to snap in half. Some arrows that are small sized. A scimitar that's too small for them. A scorpion whip that's too small for them. The manacles are too small for them. A water skin that would probably not give them water much at all. Like It'd be a like Capri Sun. <laughs> <laughs> if even that. It's like yeah. one of those tiny Dixie cups that you use to like take like mouthwash or whatever. Oh yeah. yeah. I remember buying those things uh, when you were a kid, the little like wax things that were shaped like a drink, except for they just had some like Kool-Aid inside of them. What? Yes. Huh? Yes. Yeah. They're like, they were shaped like little wax bottles and you'd bite the top of them off. And, and you turn it and you just, they're Weird. like Kool-Aid made them, I think. I don't, I I don't know. Uh, we have a bottle of Shifting Sands. That's cool. And, that could be something. Uh, we have some Merope. We oh, need the Merope. No, we don't have any Merope, so we don't have much. We have a bottle of Shifting Sands. Yeah. How much is that worth? 750 gold. That's some. Yeah. What do they have? What do they have? I'd be down to get some food. I'm tired of trail rations and egg. I was going to say, do Every you need to go back to sleep? I do. We have a variety of different food stuff, if you'd be interested in such. We've also uh, retrieved a few things from those cultists, some of these uh, potions that we don't know what they do. Ooh, some I look at them. scrolls that we're not sure what they do either. Ooh, I look at them too. What are you taking 10 on Spellcraft? Mm, 13. 28. <laughs> I go, ooh, spells. Uh, they have four potions of heroism. Uh, eight oh. scrolls of magic missile, eight scrolls of magic weapon, a couple cloaks of resistance, plus one. They'd be willing to offer you a uh, 10% discount on any of those items since you're casting identify on them for them. <laughs> like, yeah, we'll knock 10% off. Yeah, un- unfortunately, none of that I think is useful for us. Heroism would be great. Because then we could be like, all right, we're going to fight cultists, everybody drink a potion, let's go. We also have a few miscellaneous items that I'd be willing to uh, to trade and give you a good value on. Wouldn't happen to have four camels. We're going to get those from our friends. That's true. He pulls out a brass lamp. I have this. It's filled with the elixir of fire breath. If you want Ooh. to breathe fire. Hmm. That's kind of fun. I would give you a very good price for this since you would probably need to do something to improve or upgrade it. But uh, he pulls out a small, like, he barely, like, pinches it and pulls it out. It's like a toothpick uh, in his hands. Well, in this case, it's a tiny glove. Uh <laughs> But of course, like his hand is three times too large for this tiny little glove. What does it do? Uh, apparently, it lets you catch arrows. 
Yeah. Oh, gloves of arrow catching? But unfortunately, I only have one, and that seems like you need two. Hmm. So I would give you a good price for this one <laughs> glove. <laughs> I don't think it works as just one. <laughs> uh, technically speaking, you could actually use... Uh, craft wondrous items to create a replacement for the other glove. Anybody have craft wondrous yep. item? What? Yep. So that's a maybe. So that's a maybe. But I don't know who would wear them. I, I have it. this extraordinarily useful item that I've found very little use for personally, but he pulls out what appears to be a rod. Ooh! Uh, holds it in the air, clicks, and then releases it as it floats oh, in the air. Oh, it's an immovable rod. <laughs> well, it's not, actually. What? What is it? They claim that it's immovable, but if you push on it hard enough, it does move. Oh, well. oh, because he's like super. Duper. Because he has a super massive strength score, so he actually has like thirty strength, strength or yeah. whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I can't remember what the a mobile rod's uh, strength check DC, but it's ridiculously high. Yeah, but those come in so handy. Really? Yeah, We've two of them. You can before. climb anywhere. Well, like, I have some silk, gold threaded silk. It's rather nice. Um, I am those gloves though, because like if we can fix the glove up, I would get that monk ability that I don't have, which is to catch arrows. See, I just imagine the immovable rod, if we get into a, a mummy's tomb situation. And you need to, like, nope. jam a door. That's what I was thinking, because, you know, when they hit the little switch in Hominoptera, and then everything started coming down, rod in the way, and that way you can get out. But also, heroism would be very helpful. What's saying we can't get both? Can we afford all of them? Do they accept know. gold? Well, we have 750 yep. of gold in that bottle. I'll also mention most of the stuff that we found off of the, uh, the cultists that we just faced. So the other glove might be out there somewhere. We hmm. just weren't able to find it. I don't possess divinations that would allow me to do so. Hmm. Just a thought. What are we looking at for price if it's the the potions, the rod, and the... One glove. glove. Sudi's going Michael Jackson. We'll put some sequins on it. <laughs> <laughs> the one. We're going to bedazzle it. Uh, he'd be willing to part with the glove of arrow snaring for 1500 Wowza! That's like more than we have. We that's could just, a lot that's, more. That's we a have. lot. We could just find the other glove and then make a second glove to yeah. go with it. Yikes! Nah, yeah. nah. <laughs> did you not twenty again? I did. Well, How say, come? Say something to haggle. For a single glove, fifteen hundred. That seems a little pricey. What is your counter offer? Now, are we like real life haggling here? Because what we learned in Morocco is that you like lowball this. So I'd be like. 50 gold. <laughs> Ser- I was going to say 500. I can do, well, do you want me to do 500? Because remember, do remember 500? what Armand taught us. Armand said you go really, really low because then they'll come back up, you know. That's how I got that rug for only 100 euro. Well, I mean, Masika did save his life. Okay, I'm not taking that. You know, no, we're not using that on a glove. <laughs> what about the rod? What, what, what about the rod? I'd be willing to part with the rod for about 45. 45 gold? 4,500 gold. That's also ridiculous. Is that ridiculous? I don't know how much that is. Uh, <laughs> uh, that's like, a, I know anything about that. It's already knocking uh, 10% off of the cost of that rod. <laughs> yeah. Because they're already really expensive. That's also, technically speaking, if you went below 1,000, would be less than the cost of creating a glove of arrow snaring. Yeah, so. Well, we're no. going to have to create the other glove. So, what about them <laughs> potions of heroism? Those are third level spells. Uh, he'd give them to you for 650 each. That's size, so we can't get anything. Masika's gonna buy a couple of weeks worth of trail ration goods off of them, though. I already yeah. have a bunch of that. Yeah, I got a bunch. Masika did not. Masika had 10, and mm-hmm. it's been actually longer than that. 
Don't you have crate food and water? No, you don't. Uh, no, but I've got extra trail rations. So. Perhaps we should all stay together for this evening. We are going to press on for a while longer, but it may be worth safety in numbers if the cultists are thick in the surrounding area. Hmm. That would seem prudent. You should be cautious, though. The cultists seemed like they were searching. I found some strange, uh, notes. Um, Do you have them? He fishes around, kind of pinches out. You know, in his hand, it looks like one of the little notebook flip books that you would keep in, like, your front vest pocket, but then he hands it down to you, and it's like a full-size, although badly burned book. Whoops, not going to sleep yet. (laughs) (laughs) Stitcher grabs it. What's in the book? Opens it. What's in the book? I poke my head out of the tiny hut so I can see. Uh, Looking through here, it does look like there is a page after page after page of information, perhaps? You're not entirely positive. It seems like it's written in some sort of complex cipher based on the ancient Osirian language. Give it. it. However, there are parts of this that do seem to include a number of different pictures, markers. At some point, you see that whoever was writing this drew out a number of landmarks. You can see something that looks like a spire with a ship atop of it. Hey. You can see something that looks akin to a ridge, what looks like some sort of desert landscape with an oasis in the distance. Hmm. And then you can see that the most recent section seems to depict him doing a drawing of some ruined buildings. The roof's gone, but the foundation's still remaining in some ruined structures next to a large flat plain. So they're like mapping the area out. Seems like it. I can probably figure out the software. Just take a second or a while. I don't know. How long, like, like, what do you need to roll in order to decipher a cipher? Well, I mean, it takes a week at the very least to make your roll, so. Oh. Yeah, so. I'll take some uh, trail rations apiece. Five silver. Hollis, as you take this, as you flip this open, you kind of dig through the pages and such. There's one thing on here that does disturb you. Mm. In large part because, again, you know, you get back to the, the last couple of pages. Almost the, like, the third to the last page. Actually, go ahead and make me a spellcraft check. Uh-oh. All right, roll 13 for a 31. Yeah, you get to this page. Uh, it's right before the section that has the depiction of the, the ruined uh, village and this flat plain. There's a note written at the top of this in the same cipher. Although you note, and this is only really pertinent or important to you, it's probably something kind of fresh in your mind. You note that this note is specifically 25 words. Uh, and then a hastily written underneath that what appear to be 25 other words. They're using sending to communicate. At the bottom of this is a picture. Two owls inside of a house. They were talking to somebody, and this is that symbol. I think they found, if not the workshop, then something else that had just a sex mock. Oh, I mean, if I can, it'll take me a while, but if I could decipher the message, I could know what they were saying. Well, that might mean they're at the salt flats. Or somebody found the other thing and told these people about it. Also so. possible. So basically what you're saying is we need to hurry. Ah, nothing new there. Well, hopefully they just know the symbol but don't, don't actually know where to go. They'd have to get real, real lucky. So I don't know. I will work on figuring out what this says. Alright. And now I will go to sleep, wake me up in eight hours, and I like go to my, my tent and go to sleep. I suppose uh, you settle in Asin sits down next to Masika. Again, you kind of come up to his elbow. Well, you know. It is a very dangerous time out in the desert right now. So I've gathered. Not just because of the cultists. What are you talking about? I haven't heard of anything new. The Gitalibu tribes have been acting up. They've become far more violent 
in recent weeks. What's gotten them all stirred up? I can't be certain. They've started to attack the Moftet. We must be cautious. What's a Gitalif the the that The Gitaliblu. Fierce warriors. Guardians. They have the torsos of men and the lower portions of scorpions. Oh king? <laughs> I was gonna say Scorpion King or Scorpion Driders? Scriders? They're kind of like, they're scorpion riders. Yeah, hey. scorpion riders. Uh, they don't tend to get along with any of the rest of us out here in the desert, but they usually keep to themselves. And you said they're attacking another tribe, Moftet? The Moftet. Mm. Aren't they? What are they? Um, they have the upper torsos of humans, but their lower are cat, like you, like two-legged cats. And, I'm sensing and a, they have a wings. Mm-hmm. I'm sensing a theme here. Of things that have the upper body of a, hum- of a human and the lower body of something else. The That's desert is full of half. Surprisingly common out here. <laughs> <laughs> Next, you'll tell me there's half uh, man, half camels. They're so. called camels. <laughs> camels. Camtars. Camtars. The Moftet are usually peaceful. As long as you do not trespass in their territory. Hmm. Yeah, but what if you don't know what their territory is and it's an accident? They safeguard ancient sites. They don't like outsiders getting too close. My people. They're sphinx kin. Hmm. Hmm. And oftentimes have many of the similar traits to the way sphinxes act. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, Where is their territory relative to here? Uh, It's north, but basically directly west from the Pillars of the Sun. Hmm. Where... Somebody with geography... Alice went to sleep. Is that where we're heading? I, I remember know, the Pillars of the Sun being a thing. Well, I mean, that's way too, my map. Yeah, that's way too far north as far as what you're looking for as far as Chisisek's tomb. That's too far north. Okay. Yeah. I thought we had something that was the Pillars of the Sun. You know that on the western face of the Pillars of the Sun was where the Black Fane was supposed to be. And north from there is where supposedly the, the Catfolk still are. Oh, mm-hmm. great. So this is all happening around Catfolk land. Well, and the Black Fane... Like a fan. Which had a room in it that had like a do not disturb area. Yeah. So near the black fin. Uh, we're not heading up that way just yet. No, not yet. But that's not even something we're looking at right now as far as where they could be going. Isn't it weird? I'm not there, but I'm just going to say it. Isn't it weird that they are attacking ancient sites? Should they? Could they perhaps be working because they've been like co-opted into this cult? Hmm. Are they uh, get to Libru... Do they normally attack, like, ancient sites? Like, it seems like they're targeting specific sites, right? Not specific. The Gitalilu are... They fiercely guard ancient places and treasures. Wait, what? They thrive... Wait, them guard them. They're both. Oh, okay. Oh. They thrive and tend to piously protect these places. They're extraordinarily religious. They have a zeal for religion, although the objects of their, their faith vary from tribe to tribe, oftentimes worshipping ancient gods or god figures. Hmm. Many here venerate the pharaohs of old. Hmm. Interesting. I mean, that's so far away that, I mean, there's nothing we could reasonably do about it now. No, but you should be cautious. They're not traditionally violent people. Hmm. But our tribes have been coming into conflict with them. The Gitalilu are powerful enough to be a threat even to us. Mm. For those, again, take no offense, smaller than us, I would be somewhat concerned. Mm. We do know that the cult has 
at least some capability with um, enchantments. It's possible that they've done something to enrage them or co-opt them into their own purposes. Well, my brother and sister and I will set off at first light. We must go and rejoin our own tribe. Although we are making our way to the Merchant's Oasis, so perhaps we will see you all there. That is our eventual goal as well. If you get there before me, tell Zosair I am not causing any trouble. And that we're still alive. I will not lie to the man. Am I causing trouble? Actually, we're not. For we're not once. actually causing trouble. We are reacting to trouble. We are helping. Yeah, well, for, I'm one, not here. for once, we're not actually causing trouble in like a city or anything. So I think that's actually correct for once. See, I'm behaving. I will let him know that you'll be along shortly. <laughs> oh, that's another good way to put it, I suppose. <laughs> so, anyone up for a game of stone tossing? You always win. I can accurately throw to about half a mile. I don't think I can throw that far. I don't think I could. What about if you get big? I don't think even then I can throw that far. So he's going to get in like a wrestling match with the giant? (laughs) (laughs) I'm pretty sure they will easily overpower me with their natural strength bonuses. Well, I mean, if you're enlarged, you'd be pretty strong. No, I'd only get a plus two bonus to my strength. So I'd only have an 18 strength at that point. I'm sure they have like 25 plus. That's fair. Uh, I mean, to be fair, though, you're a monk. You're pretty good at combat maneuvers. I do have combat maneuver bonuses on the de- on the defensive side, not on the offensive yeah. side. So we'd be, we'd be doing lock. that thing where we like you lock your arms in, and it's just like them going left and right and left and right, but nobody's getting the upper hand. The MMA hug, <laughs> also known as the MMA hug. I suppose then, though, that you rest up for the evening. You awaken the next day, bright and early in the morning. Eight hours later. No, you just have to add one extra hour for having oh, your sleep okay. interrupted. Cool. You don't, yeah. You don't have to sleep for another eight hours. If I, I was like, sleep. oh, God. I slept for seven hours and 45 minutes and then I woke up. Now I've got to sleep for another, <laughs> another eight, eight hours. hours. <laughs> the whole day's gone. Dang it. <laughs> it's like excuses that wizards use in wizard college. <laughs> Sorry, man. Man, I, I got woken up 15 minutes early because my cat needed to, like, you know, be fed. You know how it is. Tell McGonagall I'll be in the next class. Uh, no. <laughs> McGonagall would not take that excuse, and you know it. Nope. That's true. <laughs> Turn one of you into a pocket watch, so at least one of you's on time. <laughs> uh, I wish that had made it in the movie. I know. So many good lines that didn't make it in the movie. But the Giants bid all of you farewell. Wish you the best of luck. Back at you. Pat their legs as their camels come trot along behind oh, them. Oh, weird. They've got a little herd. I suppose you set off and continue making your way towards the Falchion Ridge. Mm-hmm. Yep. This time, keep keeping an eye peeled for cultist gear. Yeah, for cultists, for additional, like, people on the dunes with us, I guess. Yeah, just keep detect magic going. Hmm, <laughs> that's an idea. The Falchion Ridge is, one, easy to see. Pretty much the moment you wake up, you can see in the distance and make your way closer towards it. The ridge itself arches like the blade of a massive sword, stretching up high into the air. It rises about 250 feet above the sands around it. Uh, wow. At its highest arch, and at most points seems to be no wider than about ten feet across. As you get closer towards it, its resemblance to a sword lessens, because any sharp sides to it, any edge to it, or anything has been worn away by the blasting winds over the intervening millennia that it's set out here. So it's been rounded out. Mm-hmm. That being said, you could actually easily walk up to the top of it if you so wished. The slope isn't even really that too steep, and it's about 10 feet wide for the majority of its expanse. Fun. Not going to lie, Citra really wants to. (laughs) Get a killer view. 
I mean, it would give you a commanding view of the surrounding area. And you can do the Assassin's Creed, like, stand on top and get, like, the whole panorama and suddenly you know where everything is in the region. If only. I say we do it. That sounds fun. Yeah, I mean, Citra's down. Hollis goes with Citra. I will see nothing because I have a zero perception, but it seems fun. Sudi will stay with with Masika then. Masika hasn't said whether or not she's going. I'm not climbing it. I'm sure she's done it before. I want you to go up to the top. You can come with us in armor. I could also fly. That's well, but yeah. I'm going to walk. All right. He's waddling around. Ooh, ooh, can I ride on Shooty? Since my, my mount is staying here. He's not coming. He's staying oh. with your mount. Okay. <laughs> you can ride on Citra if she'll let you. Citra? How heavy are you? How heavy am I? Yeah, I'm weak. I already carry a bird. She's pretty plump. Ten. Ten pounds. Ten, ten whole pounds. pounds. That's not too bad. I'm Go very ahead. light. Well, it's basically like putting just a clock on your back. Good lord, are we, is he made of aluminum or something? How is he only ten pounds? Carbon fiber. <laughs> I'm, most, I'm mostly hollow. <laughs> Probably this also, but no, like legitimately, like even like a casing of iron in that Magic. would be like so heavy. So yeah, he's definitely like artificially Magic. lightening himself. Probably. He's definitely a heavy boy. No pranks on Citra. Why she's being nice to you and giving you a ride? Nope, I'm just here to keep her safe. A completely unnecessary ride, I might point out. <laughs> We're going to go look from the top. You're weird. I don't know why you don't want to. I've done it a ton of times. Well, not you. You make sense. This little weird boy here. I don't want to split the party into one person being easily picked off. Well, if we were all going, she'd come. Would you? <sighs> ah, We're peer, going! Peer pressure. <laughs> Normally, I would not encourage that, but I really want to go see. We all go to the top. <laughs> Oh, do you want to see real good? If you give me a second, I can give you that eye spell. Cover your eyes. I don't think he needs the eye spell. All right. It All was right. very strange to see him covered in eyeballs. But he was real good at seeing. I don't think really couldn't be flanked. I mean, that's cool and all, but I don't really want to do that again unless it's absolutely necessary. It's You're very no disturbing. You don't want to have good... A lot good of the eyes are inside of my clothing, and it's very uncomfortable. Scratchy. Yeah, you know, the guy that made that spell up didn't think too much. Maybe he was naked all the time. Oh, I don't even want to think. Oh, where are all the eyeballs coming? Oh. <laughs> don't think about it too much. It gets real weird. Masika yeah. <laughs>, laughs so hard she cries. You got an eye and all sorts of crevices and whatnot. Oh. <laughs> Why would you design a spell like this? But I don't know, but I do enjoy the benefit of not being flanked. So it is what it is. Magic ain't always pretty. <laughs> I'm assuming that you all make your way ascending up the, the ridge with yeah. the exception of, well, I guess half of you make your way. No, we're all going. All right, so I'll need two rolls from all of you. I'll need a perception roll as well as a knowledge arcana. Ooh. Don't have it. My perception is a six, but my knowledge arcana is a 34. Sight based, I assume? Yes. You didn't want any eyeballs. So, Sudi rolls a 15 for a 28 using his eye. You could have had a 34. Or a 32 or whatever. I rolled a 19 for a 32, and I rolled a 13 for a 23 Arcana. Masika rolls a 17 and gets a 24. Narmer rolls a 1 and gets a 7. He's too busy talking. Wee! <laughs> <laughs> He's enjoying the ride. He's like, you walk different than Citra. <laughs> if I close my eyes and spread my wings, it's almost like I'm flying. You, you can, can fly. fly! Yeah, but, but this is like I'm soaring like an eagle. <laughs> Very slow moving eagle. That's slow. That's why I wanted to ride shooty. I would be walking at the same speed as them. I'm not going to leave them behind so that you can feel like an eagle. I walk fast, not as fast as you. 
You said, yeah, okay, now that you've said that, I'm thinking of uh, Scrubs. Eagle! <laughs> <laughs> I don't get that reference. No. You never saw Scrubs? No. You Watch all make, Scrubs. <laughs> you all make your way up. Sudi and Citra, you both, you reach the top here. You scan the horizon. To the north and east, far, far in the distance, you can make out this, this kind of blue speck with a little bit of green. It's really the only color that clashes against the yellow and brown of the surrounding sand that you know must be the Merchant Oasis. From this vantage up here, you can tell it's maybe about 20 miles away. Since, you know, now that you're 250 feet up, it have expanded the horizon for you since from before the curvature of the planet. Anyway, thank you all the time that I spent reading up on stuff like this for doing pirate games. <laughs> Yar. Anyway, off towards the south and east, you can see that stretch of open sand and then the stretch of white that you can only guess are the salt flats. Distantly past that, you can see the ruined remains of some sort of village, some sort of something over there. And then towards the south, far away in the distance, you can see a small amount of sand coming up from still probably a good day away. But what seems to be maybe a a large group, a caravan, something kicking up sand in the far distance to the south. Mm. This would be an amazing position to hold to command advantage of the surrounding region and watch people's movements. Ergo, and all of you notice this, it's no surprise that as you begin to approach the top, you see that there is literally a camp set up here. What? What appear to be two sleeping rolls that have been set up here, a couple of bags left over, hmm. and what looks to be some sort of large basket. All of these have been weighted down to keep them safe and steady from the wind, but seem to have been left over from, you're going to guess, the occupants here previously. Are we going to snoop? Could this be the cult's camp? It's I mean, possible. They had drakes to fly up here. Right. So this could be a, a nice camp and vantage point. There's only one way in and out. Well, Very I defensible. And I doubt anybody would just leave their stuff here. Right. Well, no. I'm so they're probably dead or they're asleep in there. I'm going to check the immediate area for traps as we approach. Okay. You don't immediately see any traps. Okay. You have traps water, yes? Yes. Okay. Sudi leads the way. Approaching closer as you make your way to the top of this bridge, you don't see any traps. You see that there's, again, two bedrolls that have been left out up here. What seem to be a number of bags, backpacks, something that someone would carry, and then that large basket, similar to the one that the, the giants were wearing or were carrying with their camels, except for this one has a, uh, a lid tied down to the top of it. No sign of people anywhere, though? No. And from this vantage, if there were any people within a couple miles, you'd think you'd be able to see them on the open desert. Huh. Uh, well, from here, you can see the blasted remains of two drakes whose bodies lay broken about a quarter mile away, piled over where they seem to have been beaten out of the air by giant boulders. Yeah, two. Yeah. <laughs> two. Two sleeping bags. Masika's going to walk over and open one of the bags. It explodes. Open the first bag. Mm-hmm. Opening the bag, you find what appears to be about three weeks worth of trail rations. Ooh, food. Yoink. Yeah, and then there's about 23 gold pieces down at the bottom of it. Okay, do we want to divvy up the trail rations? Well, I mean, let's check the other bags. Is there any, like, identifying stuff on this? Anything that points towards them being the cultists? No, not specifically. The other bag also carries three weeks worth of trail rations. And in that case, uh, 27 pieces of gold. Okay. What's in the basket? Uh, Making your way over, unlacing the basket, staring down. I imagine your compatriots trailing along. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Looking inside, you can see that the basket seems to be filled with a variety of... Mostly looks like silk. Hmm. 
you imagine it's probably kept rather warm and as Citra, you know, you look inside, Hollis, you kind of lean over. Hollis is the first to glance down and note what appears to be about a foot and a half diameter ovular egg of dark black and red striations of what appears to be that of a flame drink. Oh no, 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 not again. <laughs> not again, Rick, come on. A tiny baby dragon. Why what? is it in every adventure Hollis path? Hollis picks it up and is so happy. <laughs> in literally every adventure path, Jess finds something egg to take and try to raise as her own. And I have a chicken who can sit on the egg. <laughs> I don't think I'm going to be able to do much for that egg, honey. Um, That's so cute. I don't think we should, you know, it, leave it in the basket. That's obviously a makeshift nest. Probably with the summer or the sun's heat, it's probably an incubator of some sort. Okay, I put it back in, but then I'm like, we we do not have time for you to raise a drake. I just carry it around. I mean, we do have a wagon. Do we know how long these take to hatch? Oh, do I know things about drakes? And how dangerous are they when they hatch? And can they be trained? Well, obviously, they can be trained because they were riding them. I thought you said with they your... were desert drakes. There's a whole race of people that train dragons and ride them around. Are the people on how to train your dragons? <laughs> the dragon riders of her? I think she's talking about the Triaxian dragon riders. Oh, yeah, that makes sense, too. Uh, I was totally talking about how to train dragons. Uh, I knew it! I was <laughs> I, right! I was giving you the benefit of a doubt that you were making no. a Starfinder slash Pathfinder reference. Oh, no. definitely not. I was yeah. going straight for how to train your dragon. Uh, you know the following pertaining towards flame drinks. Uh, flame drakes are a degenerate cousins of red dragons with all the rage and temper of the true red dragons but little of the reason or intelligence <laughs> oh no oh, flame drakes are Rachel. brutal bullies who terrorize <laughs> the lands they inhabit from those they can frighten flame drakes extract harsh tribute and voraciously attack any who are not easily cowed flame drakes gather together in small hunting packs called rampages <gasps> working together easily during raids but often falling prey to squabbling and infighting over his spoils uh, males and females generally form their own packs divided by genders, coming only together only during their annual mating seasons. Uh, males play no part in raising their offspring <laughs> and abandon their partners soon, af- soon after. Don't you Hagrid this. <laughs> you may ask three questions pertaining towards the flame drake if you care. How long do their eggs take to hatch? Uh, the eggs take about six months to gestate. See, I could use this. Yeah, but we don't know what month it's in for its gestation. Uh, anyone that wishes to may make me an appraise. I roll an 11 for a 21. I roll an 11 for an 11. I roll a 13 for a 23. I roll a 15 for a 21. Masika. Mm-hmm. Uh, the egg of a flame drake would probably be worth about 4,000 gold pieces. What? Wow. Can they be trained? Drake egg. Yeah. yeah. They need a very firm master. They are generally speaking chaotic evil um, so, but, oh, I don't like that but it is not it is some of it is nurture, nurture and nature so, uh, they're not naturally speaking always chaotic you evil. mean a firm hand like a giant you mean a Did firm you? hand like an elf you do not have a firm no hand. I could have a firm hand no I need you to arm wrestle with Sudi right now no it is more mental than physical I think it's I think physical it's both. too I have magics. I can make things do things sometimes. Are you going to enchant this flame drake first? Well, no, I don't believe life? in enchantment, but I can cow it with scary stuff. Like illusions. <laughs> like I could put it in a pit. It flies. <laughs> I can lightning it. I can mess with its flat. 
Sounded <laughs> like you can mess with his flat. His so flat. I was like, what? <laughs> I can shake its bones. Oh, that'd just be cruel. Well, I'm just saying, I can be scary. I mean, it's also worth a significant amount of um, gold if we sold it. But what are they going to do with it? I, I was hoping they would, like, train it and use it. Well, you're going to sell it to someone that's good? Do we have time to do a full write-up on this people that are going to buy this egg? Well, I was thinking Maybe. about his, her giant friend. Or we could talk to the leaders of my people. Do they want dragons? Little drakes? They're real honorary. I'm just saying if the, you know, warriors were riding a flame drake into battle. That, that would be really scary. Cool. Oh, we could name She's it. She's just picturing her husband on a dragon. <laughs> he seems to have a firm hand. I mean, to some small degree, he managed to rein in Mashika. Hello. <laughs> Just that went to a weird I, place. <laughs> Not I, even going to go there. <laughs> I like this egg, and I wish to at least carry it somewhere that it can be safe. So but, we'll leave it with the caravan when they get here, because I don't think we should have a baby Drake with us in the middle of the salt flats. And when we meet up with my people at the Merchant's Oasis, we can talk to Ka'at and see if we might be interested in purchasing a dragon. A so new cute. mascot for your caravan. <laughs> oh, More so protection cute. for the caravan. Can I the name it? can be protection, too. I think naming it would be fine. If you All name right. it, then you own it, though, right? That's not how no. names work. No. It if you make have you a, the mother? If you have a baby... Being a mother and owning something are different things. I'm not sure of your relationship with the egg now. I'm very confused. She uh, wants to be the mom, but we're telling her no because we don't have time to raise a dragon while we're chasing down the cult. Except it may not even hatch for like several months. So or it could hatch in back. five minutes. And then we would definitely have to raise it on account of we could do imprinting if it's anything like ducks. What? Ducks do this thing called imprinting where like they see you and they're like, ah, mama. And then they follow you around and whatnot. Okay. And they imprint on, like, the first thing they see kind of a situation. That's really weird. Go give me a perception roll from the party. I We're about to be it. attacked. Oh, it's cracking. Then I start rolling badly. <laughs> I roll a 16 for a 16. I roll a 7 for a 20. Hmm. Bad. Masika rolls a 13 for a 24. Narma rolls a 17 for a 23. Rolled a 5 for an 18. Uh-oh. Oh. SpaghettiOs. Or... Was on a roll. Bear, I couldn't keep the Veronica's. 20s going. Uh-oh, Veronica's. <laughs> hey, Mashika? Yeah? You see those birds? What birds? Turning to look around, like, you know, where he's kind of gesturing with one flipper. In the distance, you do see two V-shaped silhouettes. Oh, two. Oh, two. no. Oh, yeah. Those are real big. I don't think those are birds. Are they red? I don't know. We can wait for them to get closer. Do flame dragons speak draconic? Flame drakes? That sounds like a question for your knowledge check. Well, I would like to use it for that. Well, we're going to pick it up here next week. (laughs) (laughs) Norbert is the episode. (laughs) Just Jessica voice. (laughs) Oh, no. Find the Path Ventures is an officially licensed partner of Paizo Incorporated. Mummy's Mask is copyrighted 2014. Mummy's Mask and the Pathfinder Adventure Path are trademarks of Paizo. All Pathfinder images are property of Paizo and are used with permission.